I'm Andy Lee. You're listening to Off The Wall, the Game of Thrones podcast from Off The Ball. Hello there and welcome along to Off The Wall. It is the weekend, the very last weekend before Game of Thrones is back on our television screens for the last time ever. Season 8 is on our doorstep this Sunday night if you want to step up late or stay up late or if you want to watch it on Monday night as well, uh, Irish time. This is all with thanks to Discover Northern Ireland. It's Owen here. Sue is here. Welcome to Off The Wall. I know. It's your first time uh, on Off The Wall since Christmas. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Christmas. I forgot about Christmas. Yeah, I was very ill. I'm Great sorry. episode available on youtube.com forward slash off the ball. And Tommy Rooney's here. Hey guys. But the brains is here. That's the most important part. The brains of off the wall. Me, yeah. Sue Murphy is here. Sue Murphy came up I with off the wall. I thought you were giving yourself a compliment there, sorry. Ah, come on, I'm not like that. It was all Sue's idea as soon yes, as she tra- came back to work for off the ball. Like nobody came up with an idea for a Game of Thrones podcast ever before me. No, never. A very original idea and congratulations. <laughs> you might notice that Andy Lee is not with us in studio. You will be hearing plenty from Andy over the course of the next 30 or 40 minutes because we have been in Northern Ireland with thanks to Discover Northern Ireland over the past few days. We've been up looking at the brand new game the Thrones exhibition in the Titanic District. It is amazing, but most importantly, we've been speaking to some of the cast and we had a pretty good time. The place up there is absolutely sublime and uh, I want to go back immediately and I know that after season eight, when I'm getting withdrawal symptoms from Game of Thrones, I want to go back time and time again. Mm. Definitely. It was class. It was so good. And the best part of it was that we've actually come back from two days up north with Andy Lee <laughs> and he was like a child when so we, excited when you pull up so Sue was driving us around the north you had the hard job I was the co-pilot didn't do my job very well <laughs> got lost a couple of times but when you pull into the car park for the exhibition the, the kind of the secret uh, press conference that we attended on oh my gosh on I was so excited at that point Andy was like come on Sue park the car come on come on, come on. he hops out of the car and it, like he spotted something in the distance that may or may have not have had something to do with the set, and he started freaking. He was it like, is, it oh is my a god, spoiler. what does that mean? What does that mean? It is a spoiler. We discovered one huge spoiler, yeah. and we can't reveal to you because you know we've been trusted by the, the good old people of HBO to yeah. not tell you. I think they kind of realised midway through today. Oh crap! There's something that's visible from the car park yeah. Yeah. that gives away a huge spoiler. We will tell you later on in the season, maybe you if they relax. You can find it online right. if you really want to. Like I looked it up, and it, oh, it, it, people, it, people it, yeah, other people have seen it. Like I seen like there was a photo of this thing with an arrow pointing down, and I was like, oh so, my god! Other people, people saw it in Belfast yesterday. No, if somebody else had taken a photo, it wasn't from yesterday. Okay, okay. It was, but it was definitely a spoiler from before. But I go. should say that there will be spoilers and theories and sometimes, potentially, leaks as well throughout this uh, episode. So please stop here if you don't want anything to be revealed. But please do come join us on this journey for the next half an hour or so if you want to hear everything and get all the gossip before Season 8. We're going to have a chat about what we think is coming up very, very shortly indeed. But I think it's time to look at what some of the cast are saying. Andy Lee has been catching up with Bran Stark. He's been catching up with Sir Davos and he's been catching up with Marin Trant starting with Bran Stark here have a look at this Isaac thank you for joining us here on Off The Wall um, tell us about Bran and his character arc going from this kind of bright eyed young kid to becoming the free eyed raven it's been seven seasons but it's been a huge change in his I guess, personality his character and every aspect of him he's had an extraordinary arc I mean from the very first moment he's kind of set up as a character who's got no chance. He's a disabled 10-year-old in one of the harshest universes ever created. Um, His home gets burnt down, his family all get killed, and and all of a sudden he's having these weird visions that are taking him off to one of the most dangerous territories there are. Um, And he triumphs. He becomes the Three-Eyed Raven, one of the most powerful and important and pivotal characters in the whole world. Um, And I just think it's this fabulous story of, of... one of these characters whose weapon is not anything physical. Bran is a, a weak character. He wouldn't survive for two seconds in a fist fight um, in, in Game of Thrones land. 
um, and and yet he wields this extraordinary important power and I just yeah I think it's a great message and a great story arc and in terms of becoming the three-eyed raven do you think or do you read it as that that was always predestined that yeah I think so I think that was kind of ever since Bran fell off that tower and it opened his third eye that was his destiny um, yeah there was this yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all kind of pretty tough. I know you can only tell us so much about season eight. So when he, when he, or if he does meet Jamie Lannister again, does he blame him for that, or does he feel like I don't know? You want uh, to I mean, I'm us? not sure. Yeah, was it was it all meant to be? I, I, I again, I'm not sure. You'd have to, you'd have to yeah. ask Bran, but I yeah. think Bran's attitude to most things are, this is the way things have had to happen to get to this stage. Mm. Um, but I suppose it depends. And how does Bran know? From the terms of Hoda, you know, it's the biggest reveal in, in, in TV history, maybe, you know, the fact that yeah. Hoda could only say Hoda, yeah. and the reason for that was that he was yeah. more or less used yeah. to yeah. save your life. It's yeah. Well, I mean, again, I, I think Brand's perspective on that would be he'd be devastated. Um, but the Three Eyed Raven, that's what Hoda had to do because it's more important, unfortunately, for the Three Eyed Raven to survive. The Three Eyed Raven is, is who keeps all of time who holds it in his in his mind um, and and he would just view it as that was what had to happen that was the end of Hodor's uh, timeline um, and and that's the way it is and his relationship with Mira Reed and Jojen Reed and then in the final scene with Mira he's quite mean to her would you say that was purposely to get her out of Winterfell no obviously so that, not so that she doesn't have to face the White Walkers no, no, it's he's he, giving him too much credit. Yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't think like that. He's emotionless. Yeah. He just sees things in terms of what's important, um, and and he's thankful to Mira, but he, he's he exists on a higher plane, exists in, in a more important world. And what is important to him? What, what's the end game for Bran? I think the survival of of of, of humankind. Um, he is one of the, the spokespersons, I guess, for, for the living rather than the dead. Um, and, and one of the, I suppose, ancient, the ancient nemesis of, of, uh, of the Night King. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think he certainly wants, wants the living to triumph. Isaac, thank you for your time. One question before you go, and I know you're going to give us a good answer. Is Brand the White the Night King? <laughs> How many times have you been asked? <laughs> Too many! Yeah. Thank you, Isaac. Thanks. Cheers. You're very welcome along to the Game of Thrones exhibition where we've got some pretty lifelike statues. Uh, we'll start with a couple of the White Walkers here. He was just a, a regular white, but he's wearing what seems to be the Night King's armour. Then we've got another White Walker here who doesn't seem to be wearing any armour. Uh, we've got uh, a statue here of Game of Thrones superfan Andy Lee, former world champion boxer as well. Uh, we've got the White Giant over here. Uh, and then we've got the King of Bones over here. And uh, this is pretty good. All the, the statues looking pretty lifelike, I think it's fair to say. Liam, thank you very much. Tell, no us, tell us about your time playing Sir Davos, you know, how he developed from like this kind of secondary character and now yeah. he's the main, one of the main men. Well, you know what, I think the, I think the producers got to like him because, uh, because there's so much, I use the term moral ambiguity in this, in other words, there's some bad swines in this <laughs> show, right? Uh, and they, they kind of needed something, uh, I mean, he's been described as a moral compass of the piece, mm. you know, and uh, 
I always think he, he spoke up for the audience. Yeah, That's how yeah. I f- felt about him, that he was kind of going, you can't do this, Mantis, this is bad, whatever you're trying to do. There's been several times in the show when you've made huge speeches to the Iron Bank, mm. to the Northerners, for, That's on right. behalf of Kings, that really swayed it, wasn't it? Yeah, there, yeah there was. He, 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 he speaks the truth and he yeah. speaks simply, you know, and he's from a, he's from a, a very humble... Uh, beginnings, but he's never overwhelmed by any of this. He, he's only overwhelmed when people want to do the wrong things for what they think is the right reasons. Mm. And, you know, that kind of holds the mirror up to society in a way, you know what I mean? How do you think he will react when he sees, uh, if he sees Melisandre again? You'll <laughs> <laughs> be doing a, a bit of boxing yourself. A, <laughs> you know, might be, I might be coming out of yeah. retirement myself. <laughs> uh, tell me, you said he's not a fighter, you know, he's. Uh, he said himself, so yeah. I'm not a fighter, but will he see any action, do you think, in season eight? I, I, I'm hearing rumours there, yeah, yeah. there might be a lot of action in season eight. <laughs> Anything more than that, I'd have to kill both of us, I tell you. <laughs> Liam, thanks very much. Nice Pleasure, Derek. I'm Owen Sheehan, we're in the throne room, and this is Off The Wall. Ian, thanks for joining us on Off The Wall. You're very welcome. Um, tell us about what we're here, to here today for the Game of Thrones exhibition. Yes, this isn't the first time I've been at the exhibition. I've actually had the, the pleasure of uh, opening it three times in three different places. Brilliant. But this one is really special because mm. it's Belfast and yeah. Game of Thrones, our home is in Belfast <laughs> and in Northern Ireland. So it's particularly special to be here uh, today. And there are some uh, new items in the display that I haven't seen before that are absolutely fantastic the dragon's heads and the Stark crypt so I think the fans are going to get a real pleasure coming to this exhibition yeah we walked around we saw the head of uh, Balerion the Black yeah (coughs) yeah Aegon's dragon yep no I mean it's just absolutely fantastic the uniforms uh, themselves are my own suit of armour is in there and it brings back very very happy Mm. memories tell us about your time playing Meryn Trant it was the most wonderful gig ever. Even though he was... Oh, he was... Well, he how was would you describe him? Misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, a, he was a terrible man. I mean, I found... The only redeeming feature I found was his loyalty to Cersei Lannister. Yeah. That was the only positive I found in the man. Apart from that, he was just wretched in every single possible way. But he was great fun to play. Yeah, and also working on Game of Thrones was just the most amazing, wonderful experience. It was like being part of a family, mm. a, this big, huge, incredibly talented, slightly dysfunctional family. And when you left it, it hurt. And are there any particular scenes or you know episodes for you that stand out? What you were involved in? I remember one of my favourite episodes uh, was Tyrion's trial, and it took four days to film. I uh, was first up giving evidence against him. And I had the unique pleasure and privilege of watching Peter Dinklage give that final speech about six or seven different times, and he did it perfectly every single time. He was absolutely stunning. And I was just sitting there looking at him. You're brilliant. So that was great fun. Yeah. And I just while just to, for the people at home, while you're on stage, there, you talked about auditioning for a for a role initially, That's not right. getting it, not getting it, not being too being happy about it. Yes, but as it turned out, I was very very lucky because uh, the role was Jory Cassell, and he only lasted five episodes in yeah. season one. Whereas five years later, I was still going. So <laughs> that was a real bit of luck. And your and your death scene is probably one of the most brutal death scenes. 
in Game of Thrones in terms of the shock of it to see Arya do that. Yep, yep, and it was her first real proper vengeance kill. So I was very, very proud to be a part of that. Interestingly enough, my first down set ever in Game of Thrones, we were filming the fight scene with Cyril Farrell, the wonderful Yes, when you attack him, yeah. And Maisie was there, this wee cute kid. (laughs) And then my last down set was also with Maisie. So you saw the transition, yeah. It was a nice closing of the circle. Yeah. The beginning and end were amazing. Can you tell us, did Serial make make it out of the room? I asked the question. I asked David, I said, look, I've heard some rumours here. And before I could finish the sentence, he said, he's dead. (laughs) Uh, And he gave me a very, very good reason for it. He could have run. And Arya actually, I saw the scene again recently. And Arya suggested that he run. Mm. And he replied, the first sort of bravos does not run. Yes. He was saving Arya's life. He was giving his own life to save Arya's. And that was why... The producers pretty much said, no, he dies. Ian, thank you for your time. You're fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Ian Beatty, more commonly known as Sir Meryn Trant there, speaking to Andy in his very dulcet Ulster tones. Uh, A Belfast boy. Belfast boy. Yeah, he's isn't he? Mm. Yeah. So proud of where he's from, as he probably should be. Like it's, we, we were kind of discussing this uh, with uh, another guy, uh, Jamie, who will bring in an interview with later on. That you talk about the legacy of a film on a place or a television show on a place, and I don't know. Maybe New Zealand was a huge tourist destination before the Lord of the Rings, but I definitely think the Lord of the Rings gave it that push out into the open. And then after the Lord of the Rings, it kind of stood on its own two feet as this amazing tourist destination. Yeah. And you definitely get the sense that Northern Ireland, as a place, is beautiful enough to do something similar in the next couple of decades. I definitely felt that from the tour guides that we had over the last couple of days as well who kept saying people seem to go into Northern Ireland and they go to the Giant's Causeway Mm. and they don't move to all these amazing other places that are around because that's the big thing that people go and look at. I did that. But yeah, but I think that's what, that's naturally what everyone does but I think this is now moving that out. 20 miles east. Yeah. Remarkable. Mm. It's not just Game of Thrones. It's like you get there and you're like forget for a second this is a set. This is stunning. Yeah. Like, some of it looked like a Microsoft Office screensaver. Yeah. It's that beautiful. Like, somebody <laughs> thought that was a photo that I put up. And I was like, no, that is actually a place. It looks, it's just so beautiful. I can't recommend it highly must enough. Be, must have been a good photograph. Must have taken it well. Yeah, it was, it was someone Bay. And somebody said Slavers to me Bay. that it looked like Class. a Microsoft Office I love that part we're up in the mountain I think we'll bring a bit with uh, Flip Robinson later on oh, but Flip. you know the part where we hopped out of the van and we were chasing the wee lambs and, uh, <laughs> the wee lambs and uh, you're just up there on top of the mountain and you're looking down onto the sea and Scotland's 10 miles away and you're just kind of getting a, this, this unbelievable landscape yeah. which is gorgeous I and mean, we had such good weather it was yeah, just, yeah yeah we were really lucky like we, we've been up there before with like sheets of rain like when you're mm. like oh, I'm, not, I'm not enjoying this just on that the big thing that I think we all kind of noticed and you, you might laugh about it at the odd time but like these non-disclosure agreements that they've all signed but none of them are going to break yeah. none of them want it because they all have so much respect for what HBO and what Game of Thrones have brought yeah, yeah. the region and it's very evident when you're up there with them they all have such pride about it yeah and fair play to Andy for actually having the balls to ask Bran Stark if he is the Night King <laughs> like, we, we, we've been discussing this in episode 1 and 2 quite a bit see what do you think if he's an Iking, yeah, I definitely think there's some kind of time loop, and I got a bit obsessed last night when I got home and started watching it. And so Andy gave me suggestions for YouTube channels, <laughs> and you end up going down a rabbit hole, and there's mm. no coming back. But there was one in particular 
a very interesting one. I don't know if I give away spoilers here. I'm going to say absolutely. Spoiler. Spoiler. They know everybody at home knows. So it was a whole theory about the Mad King, and that Bran has actually got the. We know that he kind of has the ability to kind of interfere with the, fa- the past because he speaks to his father before he goes up to see Lyanna, mm. and um, he's talking to the Mad King, and that's where the voices start for the Mad King, and he's actually trying to warn the Mad King about the the White Walkers coming down. And we know that Bran Stark was the builder. Um, of the wall wasn't able to walk so there's that whole, you kind of get to a point where you're like mm. was he actually able to interfere with the past and is he the time loop is that the final twist there seems to be a connection between him and every significant moment in the history yeah. of Westeros and I'm only starting to figure it out because I've like like you I've gone back to start watching the the original episodes and I'm really starting like I pause now on all his visions on every single thing and I'm like what are you seeing and it's all it's the past the present and the future mm. but he's interfering with the past every, every time because he's actually well, Hodor, the Hodor story proves yeah. that he can interfere with yeah. the past and, and he can change the course and he, the Night King saw him so one more theory um, because we love theories here <laughs> Cersei you've heard something yeah. or you've read something or you've spotted something or come up this with something crazy down the rabbit hole last night this? This is, I'm becoming Andy Lee I'm becoming next level obsessed well, somebody has Andy. to fill the void Andy, Andy melted my brain over the last year oh, I, mean, yeah. I want to hear the phrase time loop one more time Andy, <laughs> Can we, talk about, can we talk about the Night King the time loop? I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Anyways, go on. What the yeah. Yeah. Um, Cersei's fate. So we were discussing about, like, basically, there's a rumour, a spoiler, if you don't want to know these things, please turn off now, that um, the miscarriage, that she miscarries the baby, but that actually happens at the end of season seven and they cut it out and put it into season eight because so they thought it was a good start for season eight. Um, but we were talking about her fate and what happens to her. But there was rumours that John comes down as far as King's Landing and the rumour is that she has kidnapped Sansa um, out of Winterfell and she has taken Sansa's hostage and that he's come down to parlay with her to see if he can get Sansa to return back to Winterfell. So who kidnapped Sansa? Who's that, the agent acting like, on behalf? See, is it Tyrion? The thing that I'm thinking about is, where's Bronn? Where is Bronn? Nobody really knows where Bronn is or what mm. he's doing. He hasn't really fi- figured that highly in the trailers. He's always made it very, very clear... I only care about money, I only care about my castle. If Cersei's going to promise him a castle, does he really care about anything else that happens? Yeah, and is true. he going to go after somebody in the north? So you think Bronn is, be, or is going to capture Sansa yeah, early I on this season? I, won- I wonder what's going But it's just an interesting, that'll be a really interesting turn of events. But, and the other thing that I think everyone knows is that she will be killed by her younger brother in the prophecy. Mm. And I think that will be Jamie. You seem convinced that it's Jamie and not Tyrion. Yeah, I think they've set it up. They've set it up to make you think that it's going to be Tyrion, but I, I think it's going to be Jamie in the end because that's the ultimate betrayal, as far as she's concerned. Is yeah. that Jamie will be the one that will kill her. Right. He, he's a Kingslayer. They call him the Kingslayer all the way through. It's, it's. I think it's a foreshadow to not only is he going to be the one that kills the Mad King, but he's going to put an end to the Mad Queen because she's going to get crazier as the episodes go on. Interesting stuff. That's a, I hadn't actually heard that one. That's, yeah. a, that's a good theory. So Sansa. Can I say one more theory? And yeah. I swear I'll be joined. When we went in yesterday and they showed the video um, for the, the centre, they put Tyrion front and centre of the video as one of the main players. And I never thought of him as somebody who could sit in the throne. I always thought of him as somebody who was just a player that yeah, was going like to put somebody it, onto yeah, it. Yeah. And then I went, wait a second, is Tyrion a main player? He absolutely could, couldn't he? And like I couldn't believe because the whole video was set up to be an introduction to the main players who are, who are going to sit in the throne or may sit mm. in the throne. This is the Game of Thrones. Because, like, and Cersei has lost all her kids. Yeah. So there's no apparent heir yeah. as long as Jamie and Cersei are taken out of the picture. And we still suspect that um, Tyrion can ride a dragon, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's still in the mix, you know? Yeah. That he could be a Targaryen. Yeah. 
Right, okay, so Sansa to get captured, Tyrion for the throne, oh and Bran to appear in <laughs> every single moment else, of history. There's a bloody series already. <laughs> that, there's no more theories, there's no more leaks, there's no more suspected what no. could happen. It is no. great, though, it's class. I love doing it. I love doing the theories, and I'm not allowed to do it at home. Like, make one, let me talk to him about it. So this is yeah. my safe space. Right, it's time to get back to our tour up north, with thanks to Discover Northern Ireland. A beautiful place with a great tour guide. Flip Robinson is this guy's name. He was the body double for Hodor. Hodor. Yeah. Um, and for the mountain at one stage. Not a body double for the mountain. I, I, I put that to him in this, but he's actually out of shot. He stands in the frame. Yeah, yeah. So they're looking up at him, yeah. Creates the eyeline for the mountain. Yeah, yeah so he, he's he, off eating chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right after we uh, scared away a load of sheep and their newborn lambs, we had this chat with Flip. <laughs> so, Flip, we've just got here and we've uh, scared all the sheep away. We're high in the mountains. Scotland is over there, but most importantly, this is Game of Thrones country. This is Game of Thrones territory. This is the world, the real world Westeros. <laughs> Easy to say. <laughs> So this is the real world Westeros and here we are in Stormland. Bit sunny today, right? <laughs> Whenever they filmed here it was a bit of a grey, overcast, blowy, wet, drizzly day, you know, the, the ones we're used to here. <laughs> um, but this is actually where uh, Renly and Stannis had their parley in uh, season two just before. Well, they were sort of like, I'm the king of the north. No, no, I'm the king of the north. And then they were going to fight about it the next day. You know, no spoilers, or should I say spoiler alert, because I'm going to spoil it for some maybe. But then Melisandre put pay to that with a shadow creature, remember? Yeah, a fairly, yeah. fairly dramatic scene and a fairly yeah. brutal death uh, on that occasion. So tell me, who's your favourite character? Well, you know, Tyrion. All right, the other end of the scale from my height, like, but uh, Tyrion is just amazing. The, the, the one-liners that he comes out with, you know, it's just amazing. But I do have to say Hodor, really I mean, I've I've studied him quite a bit, as you imagine. You know, then hang out with Hodor tours yeah. <laughs> nowadays. But um, so, like, Hodor is just—I think he's a great guy. You know. I have to ask you. Tell me what your theory is around the whole the door thing. Oh well, I mean, of course, you know that was what he was programmed for. You know, way back when he was a kid. Really, that was it. You are going to hold the door, and that's so he knew that was going to happen. He must have known it in there, you know. But obviously, uh, Mira instructed him, hold the door, as she yeah. she took Bran to safety, you know. But I I do think he'd he'd been programmed, really, you know. That was set up. It's just obviously everything else taken out of his brain, and that was left, you know. <laughs> there you go. So this is where Davos brought her, brought her in a little little boat. Step ashore here and brought her into this part. The birthing. Yeah, well, <laughs> the maternity ward. She needed the king's blood, didn't she? Ward. She needed the king's blood. Is that yeah. where they got the blood from Gendry? Where she, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gendry, now Gendry will feature quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably gonna... stopped rowing now. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah. So he's back. But, um, uh, well, yeah, so she was going to off Gendry, you know, like because she'd sussed out from the leeches, remember, yeah. that he'd got king's this royal blood. blood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then Davos, bless him, got him to freedom, you know, told the. Trying to teach a blacksmith quickly how to row. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gendry says to Rob, like, I know to John, our fathers were great friends. We should be good friends. You know, when they meet in the cave of Dragonstone. Mm. But actually, their fathers were enemies because he's fa John's father was really Rhaegar. Yeah. And not, yeah, not, yeah, Rob, yeah. not Ned. So it was actually yeah. wasn't true, you know. It's yeah, yeah. I wonder will he be more shocked by that than the fact that uh, he's been riding his aunt. Okay, so we're here across the way from the Cushenden Hotel. We're in the incredible spot that is Cushenden. As you can probably hear, we're right beside the seaside. We've been to Pike, we've been to Dragonstone, we've been to the maternity ward, Melisandre's maternity ward in the cave. It's been an incredible day. As you can see, Sue, Andy and Tommy uh, are with me here. Uh, what did you make of today, Sue? First of all, your, your quick thoughts on, on what you've seen over the past couple of hours, some insane scenery 
and remarkably some uh, of the, the scenes that have been barely touched. Yeah, like it's it's such an amazing experience to drive around this coast. Um, like we, me and Tommy were just saying on the way back here, they've totally done their job. We'll definitely come back and like that's what you want people to do is not just experience the Game of Thrones stuff but everything else. It's just so beautiful around here. Have you got any spoilers today? We got a couple. We got a couple. Can't, not sure if we reveal them. Yeah, we don't know if we can re- reveal our sauce. Uh. It's de- it's definitely uh, it's definitely not Flip who's looking at us right now, <laughs> looking at the camera, who's laughing. You can hear uh, pu- pushing away Flip. Definitely not him. Flip from Giant Taws, who we highly recommend. Yeah, John has a great great day around. We know uh, uh, we know that um, Hodor isn't coming back, or do we? No, we, we don't know. Well, the thing is that like you know when you watch Game of Thrones, you're so immersed because the sets are so big. But a huge part of the show is the landscapes yeah. and you know and the environments and it's. It makes it totally believable when you can see this world that they've created. Like, and you just come here when you're driving around, and we were lucky enough to get on a boat and see it from that perspective. You just you're in it. You know what I mean? You're in you're in Game of Thrones. Well, you're in Westeros. You're in whatever it is. You know, you're in the north. You're in the Stormlands. You're there. You're on the Iron Islands, and it's not much of a Stormland weather today, though. It has to be said. Well, it was choppy on the seas. It was choppy on the seas, and it was unbelievable just looking up at at Dragonstone. Um, what's it called? Fairview. Fairhead Cliffs. It was. It was just. It was gorgeous. And like, I think we've all kind of been up this side of the country. But I've been to G- the Giant's Causeway and the Dunnes Castle in recent years, but never come this this way. It's absolutely unbelievable. What about you? Did you get any spoilers today? No, I didn't get any spoilers. But I'm still thinking about that fireplace in the <laughs> in the trailer. We, just <laughs> that I can't get over. <laughs> the Iron Islands, aren't you? I convinced because I like if you're if you think those guys can't swim. That's where you go, yeah. right? So, so Dragonstone's <laughs> also an island. Yeah. Um, we, we've basically seen a very pivotal part of the conclusion today, I dare say. We have been reliably informed, not by Flip, that there has been some filming going on in these parts for season eight. <laughs> uh, Flip did not inform us. <laughs> Disclosure. <laughs> like, there, ha- there has to be some sort of pivotal reason why, uh, why they're here. And like, maybe not important but I think just because we're surrounded by so much water here this is going to be in terms of the narrative so bloody important into, her, into her, how they manage to wrap this thing up I think it's something to do with Melisandre actually I think it's something to do with the caves she gets and some king's blood yeah from one of the lads I feel like there's a connection there with that cave and why she came here and she'll come back hmm. does the Night King have blood that is the question blue blood ice ice <laughs> Is that what is that what we're going to conclude with today? That the, she cannot get get blood from the from the Night King. Well, you're convinced uh, that the Night King is going to end up sitting there on your throne. Is it Andy who's convinced? Uh, maybe now. I think I might change my death chart. Even though I don't know, I, I'm going to change it week by week so that I do end up right. Who are you changing now? Who are you sticking? There? I'm putting the Night King on the throne. Okay. Him right. or Tyrion. I I want the Night King to win. I don't really think he will, but I really want him to win. Yeah. I, I, I'm starting to think that you know after meeting great people who work on the show and have uh, toured, toured people around, they wouldn't do that to us. Great people like Flip wouldn't be part of that. They surely wouldn't do that to us. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we will, we will update our, our death chart as it's known over the next couple of weeks. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up here in the beautiful little area of Cushenden? Nothing no, more to say. Come, come see it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah, You have to be here. Do the, do the tours. Like, don't do this. Yeah. Don't drive up those hills by yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is fucking dangerous. So <laughs> that's going to be my two cents. <laughs> yeah, all going well. This will make it to your television screens uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, thanks to Flip, we'll get back over these mountains.
Yeah, that's the four of us chatting in the beautiful surrounds of Cushenden with thanks to Discover Northern Ireland. A brilliant trip we had. Uh, just a couple of more things to round off on. We picked up a few new skills. We could go back in time ourselves. We could be Brand Stark ourselves. Go back to medieval times potentially and pick up a bow and arrow, couldn't we? Absolutely. Well, can't do it fast enough. Did you get a bullseye, Tommy? Am I allowed to say I got a bullseye? No, not on video? there's no witness. There's no witness, it's not on video. <laughs> doesn't count. Like, I, I stood there and they were like, she, you want to get a photo? Oh, you got a photo for me, didn't you? The photo doesn't even You did get a photo. I got you did get a photo. But they were like, do you, want to, do you want to do it again here? And I was like, yeah, I'll get it later on. No problem. You were very overly confident. That was what but went the, wrong there. What happened was, <laughs> when we were on a timer, I don't generally get rattled under pressure. I panicked. The, ti- the timer was oh. really hard. The, like, I, because you have to do the setup where your face on the wall, you have your structure, like your elbows out, mm. you're, you know, that you're making sure this is mm. long. And doing all of that together in one quick is so hard. Yeah. Like you were grand, but you I was really struggling. Andy yeah. Lee was definitely doing a bit of shadow boxing. Yeah, I love the way Andy's just naturally talented. Yeah. Playing it easy early on. Well, well to be fair, if there's, if there's one man who's going to be good at going like this in emotion, like <laughs> it, probably a, a former world champion boxer is going to be okay at moving his elbow in that direction. I love when he went up as well and he was like, what do you want to use your left or your right hand? And he was like, oh, box at my left hand a bit. <laughs> A bit. <laughs> mm. It was a great crack. Brilliant crack. Uh, really as really I say, good. this whole thing was thanks uh, to Discover Northern Ireland, who are our sponsors here uh, at Off the Ball. Let's see how we got on in the archery game. No! Raw! Uh-huh. Loose! How's that, lads? Ah. Nice. Oh, Andy Lee! Bullseye! Oh, ah. Right in the middle. Great start. So that's pretty much all we got time for on episode three here of Off the Ball. I guess the last thing we have to do, because the next time we'll see you is after episode one of season eight. We're going to get some quick predictions before we go for episode one. Andy, we'll start with you. Anything dramatic going to happen? Is it just going to be a scene set of an episode? Reunions, set the scene. I think Jamie will turn up in Winterfell. I think the White Walkers may... They'll get wind of the White Walkers. And uh, they might hear about my archery competition, my archery skills. <laughs> You might get recruited. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's hope for that. Uh, what do you reckon? Um, I reckon Winterfell's going to fall in the first episode. First episode? Yeah, and I reckon... That's not going to happen. And, like, I'm, I'm really <laughs> conscious that there's somebody who was part of season eight about, like, a, a few <laughs> feet away from me is going, yeah, whatever. But, um, yeah, I just have a really bad feeling about Winterfell, especially off the back of some of the trailers. Now, I don't know if they're visions or dreams, but I just... I'm very conscious that some people are going to fall. Right, okay, Like, if you think about it, it's six episodes... I'm and there's a lot of people to die. There's no, there's no time for slow episodes here. They're going to start with a bang. But we've been yeah. reliably informed that season three is when that's all going to happen and the, the, the battle of Winterfell. Episode three. Episode, episode three. three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, mm, I don't know. I think you're going to have a build-up now. But I, I honestly thought from the trailer you're going to have a dramatic thing happen in Winterfell. Right, so you're going 10 on the scale of 1 to 10 of drama. You're going for about a 2 or a 3, Tommy. I'm going for, I'm going I'm going for 8. I'm going for 8 here. And tension between certain people and setting the tone and, and building up to a big episode. But still, there'll still be some good stuff along the way. Yeah. We got two good spoilers though, didn't we? Yeah, and we, we can't did. We can't talk about them. Why not? But because we can't. Because it's can't speculation. And I don't want to reveal to them because you're pretty sure, Andy's pretty sure about one of them. And another was kind of slightly episode. not meant to give to us. So Episode four <laughs> next week and I'm going to give all the spoilers. But you spotted it. You, yeah, you yeah, spotted yeah, it. Nobody yeah, told you it. You yeah, saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I saw so it. you're drawing your own conclusions from it. No, I know. Or else that's so Andy saying. can put himself out here. Andy's not hanging anyone out to dry if he says it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, don't. No, don't, don't. 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 Too late. Don't. We'll never be let back. Too late in the episode. 
to open this can of worms. We'll get we, to it in episode four of Off the Wall. We've regurgitated enough Reddit threads for people at home, I think, <laughs> to, to give away spoilers. So that is us. We're not going to give you any more spoilers. Do enjoy episode one. We'll be back uh, on Monday. It'll actually be Adrian in here uh, on Monday. I'm not going to be in the country. I'll be watching it abroad because I need to get on US time to watch it. We certainly won't be here. We'll be back in our far uh, more ugly but still beautiful studio. I don't think we're going to be able to beat this uh, for a studio. Thank you very much to Discover Northern Ireland and to everybody who's helped us out over the past couple of days. This has been off the wall. We'll see you next week.